You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 151, Fear of Medication Errors and Making Mistakes, Response to the Redonda Vot Case. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. All right, my friends, let's chat. Let's have a little talk. Because right now in the world of nursing and in the news, there's a big case going on that some of you may have heard about and you might be having lots of feelings about it. So today we're going to talk about the Redonda Vought case. And I'm going to give you a little overview of that case if you haven't heard of it. But I want you to know that going into this episode, like, yes, it's inspired by this event, but... We're not going to be like dissecting it and talking about if this is what should have happened, if the outcomes of the case are what should have happened, and like analyzing it in that way. Instead, I want to talk to you guys about the emotional impact hearing about this case has had on you personally. Okay, so this is something that I was really glad a nurse reached out to me and she told me that this case had had a big emotional impact on her, that it had caused her a lot of anxiety to hear this news and she was feeling overwhelmed. And so she was asking if I had covered it on a podcast episode or talked about legal issues within nursing. And I hadn't. And so I decided to do this case or to do this episode. (laughs) We're not doing a case here. To do this episode to talk to you guys specifically about fear of making errors on the job. But I'm so glad this nurse reached out to me because it helps me out a ton to know what you guys need, to know what's troubling you, what's on your mind. I know a lot of times when people reach out to me on Instagram or through email, they say, I know you're super busy and I don't wanna bother you and all that stuff. And that's so nice of you guys to be considerate. But I want you guys to know you're never bothering me and I'll let you in on a secret. I'm not as busy as you think. (laughs) I don't feel busy at least. Like, yes, I do get messages from people and emails, but I love it. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing how you're applying all of this stuff that we talk about on the podcast. I love hearing your wins. I love hearing what's troubling you, what's on your mind, what you're getting stuck on. It seriously lights me up to hear from you guys. And like I said, it makes it so much more meaningful to me to come and do a podcast episode where I'm like, oh yeah, there are people who are craving this episode. They want this, they need this. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. So thanks for reaching out. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram anytime at thriving nurse or send me an email at support at thrivingnurse.com and just start a conversation. I'd love to hear from you. So like I said, today what we're going to talk about is fear of medication errors and taking a look at the Redonda Vought case and how that might be impacting you guys emotionally. 
Okay. So I know a lot of you are probably familiar with the Redonda Vought case, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're listening to this podcast episode way down the road and it's not news that's in the spotlight anymore, or you just haven't heard the news. So let me just give you a brief overview of it. And like I said, we're not going to go into the weeds of everything, but just to give you a general idea of what happened. Okay, so Redonda Vought was an ICU nurse, had been a nurse for a couple years, and she ended up making a medication error that caused a fatality. So her patient was going to be getting a PET scan and was saying that she gets anxious and claustrophobic. So Redonda went to get Versed, which was ordered for her and is a sedative to help her relax for the PET scan, and accidentally withdrew Vecuronium, which is a powerful paralyzer. So she gave this medication to her patient. The patient went for the PET scan, and before the PET scan was over, her patient had passed away. Now, the thing that makes this case unique is that she has been criminally prosecuted. So she's been tried in a criminal court and convicted of negligent homicide. So in the past, this is not something that we've seen, where if someone intentionally harms their patient, yes, they would be tried in a criminal court, but for medication errors that are totally a mistake, it hasn't been tried as a crime before. So we're in kind of an in-between right now where she had her trial and was convicted of negligent homicide, but she hasn't been sentenced yet. So I guess in May, like mid-May, there's going to be sentencing where she'll find out how long she would be in jail for what happened. So this case has been all over the news and social media, and a lot of nurses have been upset about this verdict. And so when this nurse brought it to my attention as something to talk about. I really wanted to understand what was going on for nurses, especially nurses in this community, so that I can help you guys sort through that emotional impact it has on you. And so when I asked about it on my stories and I asked people, you know, DM me, let me know what's the impact for you. How is it impacting you emotionally? I found a couple common themes in what was going on for people. So the emotions that came up in those conversations were things like worry, anxiety, fear, being scared, like feeling kind of paranoid, triple checking, quadruple checking to make sure you're not making errors all the time and being hyper vigilant. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that your emotions come from your thoughts. So I wanted to understand what were the thoughts behind these emotions for people? What were the sentences going on in their brain causing them to feel those emotions? And there were two main thoughts it seemed like everyone was having that talked to me about this. So the first one was, this could happen to me, right? Like I could see myself making a mistake, or I've made medication errors before, I've had near misses before, so this could happen to me, was one of the big thoughts. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. And then the second thought was, I can't make mistakes anymore. If this is what could happen, if you can be criminally prosecuted for making an error, I have no room to make mistakes anymore. Okay, so today I want to focus on these two thoughts 
and just talk about them because that is what is causing your anxiety and overwhelm and fear. It's definitely not this case making that happen for you because there are a lot of nurses out there who aren't feeling anxiety and worry and fear. In fact, there's some nurses who don't feel concerned at all. Like there was a nurse who I was reading just some various articles and he was saying, I couldn't make this mistake. I don't think many nurses would ever make this mistake because it wasn't just that she made one little error, like overlooked one little thing and it led to this mistake. There were 17 things at which I couldn't find where it listed what those 17 things were, but there were 17 things that were brought up during her trial as like, this is a time when she should have caught it, but she didn't, right? So there are nurses who are saying, no, this couldn't happen to me. This wouldn't happen to most nurses. And so they don't feel anxious or worried in response to this case. So I just want you to know, it's your thoughts. Now, it's okay if you're having that thought. I'm not trying to talk you out of it, but I just want you to notice it's your thoughts. This case has actually been going on for a few years. And you only started having these feelings once you heard about the case and started having thoughts about them. So we really just want to understand what are the thoughts? What's going on with those thoughts? Do we want to keep them? Because they're what are creating our emotions. Okay, so let's talk about this first thought. It could happen to me. Now, we could go the route where we say, no, it couldn't happen to me. I could not make that many errors in a row. And we might feel better once we realize that. And that could feel true to some of you. For some of you who just had heard the bare basics of the case, maybe you were like, oh, I thought it was just one simple thing that she made this mistake, not 17 things in a row, right? So maybe... Learning about the details, you'd be like, oh, actually, I don't feel like that would be me. I don't feel like that could happen. But for others of you, it still feels really true. Like, this could happen to me. So I'm not going to try to talk you out of it and say, no, it never could. Instead, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to try on the idea, what if it did happen to me? Like our brain doesn't want to go there. It feels really scary. It feels too overwhelming sometimes. So we shut it down. But if our brain is fearful of something, sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to go to that place of like, okay, and what if it did? What would happen then? What would be a problem then if that happened to me? Because we have to answer our brain. So when I did this, when I thought about, okay, if I was charged in a criminal court and I had to go to jail for a few years, what would that really mean? And I boiled it down to two main things. The first is I would want to know that my children are going to be taken care of. And at this point, I know that they have their dad, they would be in good hands. So I feel comfortable with that. The second thing is I would need to know how to feel uncomfortable emotions. That's really what it comes down to, you guys. Because if I were in that situation, I would feel a whole lot of grief. I might feel anger. I might feel betrayal. I'd feel remorse for sure. 
but that's really why it would be so bad. Right? Like the grief I would feel for missing time with my kids and with the people I love from pursuing my goals, the remorse I would feel from causing harm to someone. All of those things, the reason they're so bad are because of the emotions we experience as a result of them. And the thing I realized is I know how to feel uncomfortable emotion. And you do too, right? Like you have felt all of those emotions in your life. And that's why I encourage you guys, let's practice them. Let's practice feeling our emotions all the time in little situations. Get good at feeling your emotions. And that's not the same as resisting or escaping your emotions. So this is something I teach in Bold Nurse Society. We have a whole course. It's one of our foundational videos where I teach you how to truly feel an emotion. Because when you know how to do that, emotions aren't so bad. Like for some of you guys, when I say you're going to feel some grief and remorse and sadness and all that stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. I need to prevent that at all costs. And while yes, we do want to prevent it, when you actually know what it feels like to feel an emotion and not resist it or try to escape it, it's not so bad. And like I said, you've felt them all before. Like I have felt immense grief in my life. I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to pretend like it's fun. Like I would look forward to something like that again, but I can handle it. And so can you, you can handle feeling any emotion. Your body was designed to handle emotions. So though I do not want that to happen in my life, I do not want to go to prison As long as my kids are taken care of and I know how to feel uncomfortable emotions, I would be okay. And like, I even let my brain go to the point of, and how would I spend my time in jail? (laughs) Like after the grieving, which I'm sure would be an ongoing thing, right? But in between times of grief, what am I going to do while I'm in jail? I decided I'm going to learn Spanish. So (laughs) maybe you want to take up knitting or something like you get to decide what you make that experience. And I decided I'm going to feel some uncomfortable emotion. I'm going to make the most of what I can. And then I'm going to have a beautiful life afterwards. That's my plan. So that might sound absurd to some of you guys, but Sometimes it helps to let your brain go to that place and be like, okay, worst case scenario, what am I going to do? What does that actually mean for me? And if you answer your brain, a lot of times the nagging will stop. It doesn't have to keep being like, but what if it happens to us? But what if it happens to us? Because you've already answered it. You're like, remember, we're just going to feel some uncomfortable emotion and learn Spanish. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. All right, you guys. So it really goes back to the basics. I want you guys to see that even with something that we think is this huge thing, these huge problems in our lives, you don't need a new strategy for it. You don't need new tools or something bigger and fancier. It's just the basics. The basic things that I'm teaching you guys to handle when you get the admit. That same set of tools is going to apply to any situation in your life, to situations where you're feeling major grief and heartache and all of it. 
That's why I personally love these tools so much because I'm like, oh my gosh, it works for everything, which is the best news ever. Another tool that I teach you guys all the time that you could use in this situation is after you answer your brain about what would happen if all those things went wrong and you were going to jail, like what would happen after you've answered your brain, then zoom back in your lens. So do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that? It means instead of looking out into the future, zoom in your lens to look at the present moment. So when your brain's like, well, what if I make this error? And what if this happens? And blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, that's all future. We don't need to go to the future right now. Let's stay in the present. What's happening in the present right now? I'm drawing up some morphine. Okay, I'm going to stay in the present and draw up morphine instead of going to the future that doesn't even exist yet and try to solve all these problems and be distracted. That's not going to help me. I'm just going to stay in the present. Zoom in your lens. Everything is fine in the present moment. You are safe in the present moment. And the present moment is where you need to be. So that leads us to thought number two, which was, I cannot make mistakes. There is no room for error anymore. So when I think a thought or when I hear one of my nurses think a thought when they, well, I don't hear their thoughts. When they tell me their thoughts, when we're on a coaching call in Bold Nurse Society, you guys tell me your thoughts. This is what's going on for you. And I pull out a thought that you're having like this one. What we want to do is examine it right? We don't want to just say, oh, that's not useful. Don't tell yourself you shouldn't make mistakes anymore. You can't make mistakes anymore. We don't push it away. Instead, we're like, okay, let's take a look at it. Let's try on this thought and see what it's creating in your life. So with this thought, there's no room for mistakes. We know it creates an emotion for you. All of our thoughts generate emotions. So if you think, I can't make mistakes anymore, there's no room for mistakes, and you feel anxious, then we just want to notice that, right? Okay, I feel anxious when I think that thought. Now, the next step is to realize what actions do I take coming from anxiety? How do I show up in my life when I'm driven by anxiety? Because our emotions fuel our actions, So like I said, maybe you get caught up thinking about the future, so you get distracted. So maybe you are more clumsy. That happens to me a lot of the time. If I'm distracted, then I am more clumsy. I make more mistakes. I'm forgetful. I don't pay attention to details. If I'm anxious, I'm not connecting with my patients as much. I'm not connecting with my coworkers as much. I just get kind of withdrawn and quiet. That's my way of being anxious. I just get really internally focused and don't pay attention to what's going on around me as closely. Okay. Now I want you to think about if that's what's fueling you during your shift, is that helpful to you? For me, anxiety does not help me be a better nurse. It actually causes me to make more mistakes, more errors, and just be miserable in my job, right? Then I'm not enjoying my time with my patients or my coworkers. I'm beating myself up. I'm noticing everything I do wrong. Anxiety is not useful fuel for my shifts. Now, some of you are like, well, but it does cause me 
to triple and quadruple check things, so it seems really important. But I want you to know you could do that from other emotions that feel way better and don't have all that extra baggage with them, all those negative actions I just talked about. Okay, so it's just good to notice because sometimes thoughts like that, like there's no room for error, I can't make any mistakes, that just feels like the truth and it feels really important to us. Because we're like, see what could happen if I make a mistake? So I have to tell myself I'm not allowed to make mistakes anymore. But that thought actually just makes us anxious and causes us to make more mistakes. So once we examine it and we look at what it's actually creating in our lives, we can be like, oh, that's kind of silly of me. I probably shouldn't think that thought anymore. And I know it takes some work to stop thinking a thought, but once we're onto our brains, once we see what our brain is creating for us, then we can kind of like pat it on the head like a little child and be like, oh, I see why you think this is so important, but actually that's not how it works. That's actually not useful to me right now. It's actually causing me to make more mistakes. So then we can let the thought go. Because remember, you guys, our thoughts are optional. You get to choose if you play that sentence in your brain. If you choose to think, I'm not allowed to make mistakes anymore. I can't make mistakes. You get to decide if you play that through your brain. Now, some of you have been playing it since you heard about this case, or maybe even before that. As a new nurse, maybe you have just always thought that thought. And so it's going to take some work to replace it and find a new thought for it and to stop thinking that one. But it's totally possible. It's totally up to you. What helps is finding a new thought. Because if we're like, okay, I'm just not going to think that thought anymore, then we're trying to go through our shift and we're like, don't think about how you can't make mistakes. (laughs) And that doesn't work, right? So if we have something else to think about instead, then it's way more useful and way easier to not think that thought. So let's try on some thoughts, you guys. That's what we got to do. We got to try on some thoughts till we find one that works, that causes us to generate empowering emotions, useful emotions that help us show up as who we want to be and the kind of nurse we want to be. Not thoughts that make us anxious and make more mistakes, right? So you could try on the idea that you can make mistakes, that it's not a problem to make mistakes. If you believe that, then you're fine, right? If it causes you to relax a little bit and then you show up as who you wanna be as a nurse and you make less errors, great. But my guess is that most of you would have a hard time from going from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? Like I can't make mistakes to, oh no, it's fine to make mistakes. You don't believe it, right? And part of you probably does not want to believe that. Because if you thought, it's totally fine to make mistakes, it doesn't matter if I make medication errors, that's not going to help you show up as the nurse you want to be either, most likely, right? Then we get negligent or we just get lazy if that's how we are thinking. So instead, we want to find a thought that works for us, that we believe that helps us show up effectively. So instead, why don't we just tweak the original thought and just reframe it a little bit so it works for you. So it's not such a big jump for your brain and it actually is something you can get behind. 
Okay. So instead of telling yourself, I'm not allowed to make mistakes. I can't make mistakes. What if instead you thought I'm committed to giving safe patient care? That feels better, right? Because instead of running from something, instead of, I don't want to go to jail, I can't make mistakes, and we're running, it's like we're trying to go through our shift, being chased by a tiger, kind of hard to focus, right, when you're being chased by a tiger. Instead of running away from something, it's this solid ground to stand on. I'm committed to giving safe patient care. That thought to me generates commitment, right? Usually when I say I'm committed to something, it generates commitment. So I feel some commitment. I feel confidence. I feel determination. And I do feel focused. I'm like, okay, maybe I want to check that I'm giving the right medication three times. Especially if there's an error in my in the system. Like if I'm having technological difficulties and I'm having to override something, then I'm like, you know what? I'm committed to giving safe patient care. I'm going to check that I'm giving the right medication, the right dose, right person, all of that. I'm going to check it five times. Awesome. But it doesn't have to be driven by fear. It can come from commitment and confidence and focus. And when I think that thought, I'm committed to giving safe patient care, then I want to be proactive. Then when I see things that could be safety issues or there are those like near misses where I almost make a mistake or I see someone else almost make a mistake, I'm like, I'm committed to giving safe patient care. I'm going to go talk to my manager about this. I'm going to submit a safety form about this. I know one of the big concerns that I've read about in articles with the Redonda Vought case is people are worried nurses are going to be less willing to come forward about mistakes and it's going to create a culture of less safety because people feel like they have to hide. That's what fear causes us to do. It causes us to hide. But if we're committed to safe patient care, then we're proactive then we're seeking solutions ahead of time. And we're upfront about those near misses so we can avoid them in the future. We keep ourselves safe and our patients safe. And maybe if you're committed to giving safe patient care and you feel like your facility is not able to provide that environment, then maybe it means going somewhere else. Because you're like, I cannot give safe patient care here. I've tried. I've tried to talk about safety issues. I've tried to promote positive change. And I, I don't feel like I can give safe patient care here. So if that thought is driving you, I'm committed to giving safe patient care. You may need to find a facility that you feel is in alignment with those values. All right, my friends. Now, the final thing I want to say about this is that When we're living in so much fear, when these thoughts are running wild and we're not supervising our brain, we're not being intentional about what we think, and we're creating all of this fear and anxiety and overwhelm and nervousness, it feels terrible, right? Now, on the one hand, I want you to know that that's okay that you're creating that for yourself. Let's not get worked up about getting worked up. 
Instead, just be like, okay, that's the process I'm going through right now. I'm learning how to be intentional about my thoughts. I'm learning about choosing my thoughts and thinking something different and generating positive emotions. I'm not there yet. That's okay. I can just do some anxiety. I can just do some overwhelm. That's okay. But I also want to encourage you to take steps in that direction, to move towards those emotions that are more useful and empowering and are going to feel so much better to you. Because remember, that worst case scenario, what makes it so terrible to us is we have to feel a whole bunch of uncomfortable emotions. So why are we going to create a whole bunch of uncomfortable emotions now? We don't know what the future holds. The odds of that worst case scenario are so minuscule. But we do have the present for sure. So don't create that experience you're fearing in the future right now. Don't punish yourself now for fear that the future might be difficult. Right? There's no need. You have a beautiful life. Enjoy it. Live in the present. And then you'll handle the future. When real problems come up, you'll know how to solve them. But right now you can't solve fake problems that don't exist and honestly probably never will exist. All right, my friends. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all of you who shared your thoughts with me and your emotions about this case and about what's going on. And I hope that for years to come, even when this case isn't in the spotlight, that you can use these principles to let go of fear of medication errors and fear of the future and instead tap in to commitment and create that commitment for safe patient care within yourself. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.